The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. Every week we come here, I was going to say every Tuesday or or Thursday or Wednesday, but uh, let's just say late in the week, uh, we come here and and help preview the Lions upcoming game. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the co-host of First Bite and the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, my co-host, Ryan Matthews. Senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, I am going to need you to like supervise me during this podcast. Why do you say that? Because if I'm not held in check, this will become a 30 minute podcast about Matthew Stafford. All right. Yeah, no, that that (laughs) was that was understood. Um, The one thing that we want to do before we start this podcast is definitely say that we are not sponsored by Xfinity because they suck. (laughs) True, true. Uh, That is why we're recording this on a Friday. Hopefully you get to listen to it before the game. I know it's going to be a quick turnaround for the podcast listeners, but uh, our live audience gets uh, gets to watch us at least before we head off. And obviously we had to do it before the weekend because one of us might be heading to Los Angeles for the game. I won't point fingers. Um, Lucky you. Anyways, let's get to it. Uh, our, our, our preview podcast, we always bring in a special guest to help give us a perspective from the other side. This week is no exception. Uh, we've got a great guest, Robert Finn, the writer for Turf, Turf Show Times, our SB Nation friends over there uh, for the Los Angeles Rams at Robert Finn is me on Twitter. Robert, thanks for joining us, man. And thank you most of all for your patience after we postponed this thing like three times. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. And listen, we got to We're going to start here, Ryan. So allow me at least one or two questions here. But we have to start with Matthew Stafford. Does he miss us? Does has he ever mentioned my name? No, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> we, won't, we won't go down that road. We won't go down that road. Um, tell tell us uh, why he's been so good in LA. Besides all the reasons that maybe I already knew. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> you know, I I think. With Stafford being in L.A., it's just the perfect blend, right, of McVay's offensive um, genius, as they say, and Stafford's ability to 
basically hit all the throws. Um, the nice thing as a Rams fan, and, and thank you for those of you in Detroit for this, um, we don't have to worry about the turnovers quite as much, which is kind of nice. He knows how to read a defense, which is a nice change. Um, and so it kind of gives us a little bit of flexibility there in terms of some of the play calling, which we're starting to see as the offense is getting a little bit more in sync. That felt that felt like some extra twisting of the knife uh, there, Robert. A little bit, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I'm I, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. <laughs> um, Robert, can you um, can you do us a favor and can you say some nice things about Jared Goff? Yeah, I, you know I, I'm I'm a fan of Jared Goff, and I'm why um, <laughs> why? Well, he, so he he's getting a lot of. I mean the poor guy has been killed in social media the past week. And it's, it's Uh kind of tough for me to see. Um, And a lot of that's because he's a big part of the reason why the Rams are relevant again. I mean, yes, McVay brought in a whole new system, but I mean, Goff played a part in that, right? So um, they wouldn't have been there without that entire team um, being in place. And so he was a part of that. So there's some of that, that, um, I guess, warm feeling uh, there with him, but you know, he's not playing bad football. And I would um, point to some of the comments that Kurt Warner made over the week, um, stating that basically it's just not being schemed for his strengths. He's not the quarterback that's going to put you on his back and lead you to victory on his own. Definitely needs to be game planned correctly. Um, I'm sure Dan Campbell will get there with him, but just not there yet. He's a good quarterback. He has the ability to do it. Um, we've seen that in the past. What what specifically did kind of work for him? Because, I mean, obviously obviously the Lions are in a tough position here with, with not a great receiving core, and, and a lot of these games are falling behind, so they have to have him throw it 40 times a game, and I don't think anybody wants that. But no. what what sort of positions can they put him in where, where he – has an opportunity to succeed. Lions have to run that football better. They have to do that. Have to get DeAndre Swift moving. Um, He's had some nice touches. I know he's battled that, that groin injury throughout the year. So uh, it's kind of made it tough from that perspective, but um, if they can get that ground game going, I think that's going to be Jared Goss best friend moving forward. So you're, you're telling me Robert that the lions need their own version of Todd Gurley in order for Jared Goff to be successful. You know, Um, every team needs their own version of Todd. 2018 Todd Gurley to be (laughs) clear. Yes. (laughs) Um, I want to go back to Stafford for a second, Ryan, I promise this is the last one. And I I might break that promise. I doubt it. Um, (laughs) What, what has surprised you most? Because obviously like a lot of Lions fans aren't very surprised by, by what they're seeing. A lot of them knew, if they could get in the right, get him in the right system, get him with the best supporting cast, get him with the defense, um, he'll shine. Is there anything, you know, obviously I'm sure you did a ton of research once he became a Los Angeles Ryan, but is there anything even after that that has surprised you uh, in these first six weeks? Not from Stafford necessarily. Um, he's been better than advertised. We, we knew um, we were getting a great quarterback when he was brought in, um, and he's certainly played like that. I mean, he's his numbers are kind of lights out. Six games. Right. So you got to kind of take with a grain of salt. But on the other hand, it's six games. He still hasn't learned um, the full range of what this offense can do. He really hasn't got on the same page, I think, fully um, with all the receivers. And we've kind of seen bits and pieces of that throughout the year. But um, the thing that surprised me the most, though, is the play calling. We're not seeing as much play action pass that we've seen in the past. And I think that speaks to that quarterback change. I'm going to surprise Jeremy and there's one more thing I want to ask about Matthew Stafford, but there's, there's a, uh, there's a little bit of a, a twist to it. How has 
Matthew Stafford unlocked Cooper Cup, like because that guy is setting the world on fire. It's crazy. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. Um, you would think that at some point teams would the opposing teams would learn to cover him. I, I think having um, so many options at the receiving position doesn't hurt, but uh, they have this crazy rapport and who knows where it came from, but those two put together on the same football field just looks unstoppable right now. Let's, let's jump a little bit deeper into the Rams offense because I look at it on paper and I just, I don't see a weakness anywhere. Maybe you being a little bit closer to the team can, can show me something, but is there anything that has effectively slowed them down even for like a quarter? You know, it's, it's really just been themselves, mm. <laughs> right? They've kind of gotten their own way. Um, a, a few times throughout the year, we saw that in the indie game with, with some of the turnovers, uh, the, the first quarter of the Giants game, I think is a good example too, of just maybe still working through a little bit of getting to know one another from an offensive um, perspective. That seems to be the only thing slowing them down. And as the Rams fan, that's, Great to see because again, we're only six games in and they could, they have potential to get better, which is kind of scary, I think. And and we kind of alluded to it at the top talking about, you know, how effective Jared Goff was with Todd Gurley, you know, taking the rock and and running the football and, and how effective the Rams offense was when they were running the football. And the thing when Matthew Stafford was here in Detroit, it was, I mean, could you just imagine this guy with a running game and, He's been he's been incredible without much of a running game. I mean, do do the Rams have the possibility of, you know, improving their run game from where they are right now with Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle? Do do you see that? Do you see that offense having another level to it? I do, I do, and you know, I think the only weakness really in the Rams' running game right now is Sean McVay's reluctance to commit to it. Um, <laughs> we've seen them be able to run the the ball effectively, um, especially in the game against Seattle, where we saw a nice mix of um, Henderson and, and Michelle. I think we kind of unlocked that and um, saw it again against the Giants. And if we, if, if they can do that, right. If, if McVay just commits to running that football, um, we can see some of those numbers um, go in the right direction from a running game perspective. Uh, I, 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 I think McVay would just throw that football every single time out the gate if he possibly could. And why wouldn't you when you have Matthew Stafford? Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Jeremy. Yes. Yeah. And uh, one of the, one of the things I, I saw in my research is, you know, the, those neutral downs, those neutral down and distance and neutral um, times in the game when you're not either playing behind by a lot or playing ahead a lot. The Rams, I think, are top six in, in passing percentage on those downs. And so that's I mean, that's all it's all I ever wanted with Matthew Stafford. And uh, we never really seemed to get it. We got these coaches stuck in the in the 1980s that want to run the ball like crazy. Um, let, let's dive uh, even deeper here. Let's talk about the offensive line, because, you know, I, I, I can't say that I've seen a ton of the offensive line play, but you, you look at the PFF scores and, and it's a dark green across the board because everyone seems to be killing it. Um, is there is there a chink to the armor? Is there is there a weak area where at least a guy is like, maybe this guy can get beat because, you know, as, as the adage goes, you know, your offensive line is only as strong as your weakest part. So, so what is the Rams weakest part? And is it really even weak? 
You know, when it comes to that offensive line, it's, it's tough to say because I don't think they really have one. They That offensive line has performed better than um, I expected coming into the season, especially at that center position. That was the question mark yeah. coming in. Can Brian Allen um, hold Perfect. up, you know, against some of the better uh, defensive lines? And he's done that. He really has. He looked really good um, or has looked really good throughout the past six weeks. So, um, and not for nothing, but that consistency. I mean, they're not being taken off the field at all. That's pretty much the same five guys that starts the game, finishes the game. The only real exception to that was um, last week against the Giants. Um, Whitworth was taken out, not due to injury, but I mean, <laughs> you know, give somebody else a chance for crying out loud. And, and if there is one other position that I'm kind of like, uber interested in um, because Matthew Stafford had his fair share of tight ends while he was here. He had Brandon Pettigrew. Uh, he had TJ Hawkinson. He had multiple guys here. Um, you know, Tyler Higby and this, and this group of tight ends that, that the Rams have um, what have, what, what kind of rapport has Stafford established with his tight ends? And does it seem like that's a, that's a point of the offense that could stand to improve? Yeah. Yeah. And he's um, thrown a little bit more to Tyler Higby, which is kind of nice, right? We're starting to see that, that rapport develop a little bit more. Cause he, he, um, he always kind of had that potential, right? Yeah. Yeah. We we've seen those games, those flashes here and there. We saw a couple um, last year at the end of 2019 as well, when he had just, um, it felt like a million yards you know, in just four games, but uh, so, so he has the ability to do that. Um, a lot of with the Rams too, is they've been playing a lot more two tight end sets this year than we saw the past couple of seasons, but for whatever reason, he's not distributing the ball to the tight ends. Um, I think Johnny Munt um, prior to his injury only had one reception coming in. So um, I, I don't think it's a matter of, um, I mean, obviously the, the the ability is there for, for Tyler Higby, right? We, we've seen it come from him, with him, but um, it's just a matter of establishing that rapport with that tight end. That's what I think. That's what I'm seeing on the field, just not enough. Um, there, there's only one football, right? <laughs> you can yeah. only throw it to one person at a time. So, uh, I just want to shout out Ryan for, for listing all of the Lions tight ends during Matthew Stafford's reigns and staying away from a certain person who is not Aaron Donald. Let's just say, Hey, um, <laughs> do you think that was intentional? I, yeah, I do. Um, I have no tongue <laughs> before, before we, uh, we head out to our first break here. Um, I wanted to ask you, cause I mean, it sounds, sounds to me like the Rams offense is perfect. Um, so Absolutely. If, absolutely. Uh, if, if you were a defensive coordinator, what, what is your game plan then against this? Is it, is it, you know, play too high safety and just try to like, don't let them beat you deep because obviously the Rams can beat you deep. They, they have the most 40 plus yard plays in, in the past, in the passing game. So is it play deep and just keep everything in front of you and let them chip away at you and hope maybe a holding call or a fumble or an interception ends the, the drive luckily, or are you just like, let's fire away at Matthew Stafford send blitzes and hope that, that something good happens there. You know, it's, it's, it's a pick your poison type of situation because um, with those Rams receivers, like you said, they can, they can get on you. They, they can get over that defense. And um, we've seen that throughout the year, like you said, with those 40 plus yard throws, I don't, 
I don't know what the answer is. I mean, clearly, if I if I did, <laughs> I'd probably, you know, be a much better defensive coordinator than I am today. But um, for me, I don't know. I, w- I would go at Matthew Stafford, I think, a little bit more than what teams maybe have. Maybe they do have a little bit of fear of that long pass, but um, got to rush that decision-making, I-, I think, would be the yeah. only thing, right? So... Yeah, Matthew Stafford with time is is not good news for for anybody. And yeah, I I mean, I, I guess there's also kind of like if if you're gonna go down, you you might as well go down swinging, right? Like just don't just let them passively beat you up 15 yards at a time, right? Well, and it, it just feels like he's gonna hit that big play, right? Yeah. There's gonna be one or two of those a game. You just gotta kind of give them that if you can just limit the the big plays that they're hitting on you. And I think pressure would probably be the best way to do that. Fair enough. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to hopefully talk about something at least a little less depressing, and that's the Rams defense. Unfortunately, that also means we probably have to talk about the Lions offense, which is a little depressing. But stick with us. We'll have that predictions and more when we come back on First Bite. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to First Bite, talking with Robert Finn of Turf Show Times about Lions Rams week seven this Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Uh, let's get into the Rams defense. Uh, so we know Aaron Donald. We know Jalen Ramsey. Um, who else do we have to worry about, Robert? Um, is, is that too enough? I feel like that too might honestly be enough. But is there is there anybody else that Lions fans should be like, ooh, this guy could be a problem? You would think that would be enough, right, with with just Donald and Ramsey. But no. Oh, no. Um, Leonard Floyd, I like to see him um, coming on the the past couple of games. Uh, He had a nice game against Seattle. Again, um, getting that pressure against uh, the Giants in week six. That was kind of nice to see. Sebastian Joseph Day, though. He's kind of a name that goes under the radar, I think, a little bit, but um, he has really stepped it up this season, and um, which is nice to see because uh, he's kind of the run stopper since um, Brockers is gone. Michael Brockers is now gone. Um, he had to be the guy to step it up, and he's done a great job. So I think he's the name really to look out for. And, you know, looking at the the snap distribution for the safeties, um, you know, the Rams had a big undertaking this offseason, replacing John Johnson the third, and it looks like they've relied really heavily on two guys, Jordan Fuller and Taylor Rapp. 
Um, talk about what they've been able to do this season and how well have those two been able to, um, you know, fill the void of, of losing a guy who is one of the best safeties in the NFL. Yeah. And that was a big question coming in, right? Because, um, Johnny Johnson, the third was the play caller too, if I'm not mistaken on last year's defense. So, um, played a very critical role. So big loss, big loss. Um, obviously, um, <laughs> you, you lose somebody like that. Jordan Fuller has done a great job, I think, at that safety position. Taylor Rapp is the one that um, has kind of had an up and down <laughs> time with the, the Rams. Um, big game against the Giants. But before that, uh, he seemed to be the weak link in that secondary. So um, hopefully we can see him continue to grow and develop in that role of safety and um, bring more of what we saw against the Giants than what we've seen well previously. Yeah, because I, I guess my follow-up question to that is, you know, looking at these two guys, uh, Rapp has allowed, you know, 15 catches on 24 targets. Fuller has allowed 18 catches on 21 targets. Do we think that the Rams, if, if we're going to find something this weekend that the Rams are vulnerable with, is it, is it going to be TJ Hawkinson? Have, have they been vulnerable against tight ends? Because that's really the only chance that the Lions have at doing anything on offense. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's um... – you just kind of gave it away, right? That's, that's the whole offensive scheme for the giants is get the, get the ball to Hawkinson. Um, that would be their best chance. Cause rap has struggled in that past game. He's struggled in the past game since he's come to Los Angeles. So um, he's going to be the guy to look out for, but um, what we've seen with him too, a lot this season and bringing him down to the box and pressuring that quarterback. And we know that Jared Goff does not respond well to no, pressure. So he does not that's swear rap is really going to, I think, make a difference in this game. We talked about losing John Johnson. We talked about losing Michael Brockers, but I think the biggest piece that this defense lost was press conference superstar, Brandon Staley. Um, how, how much different does the defense look in terms of schematically? Um, and then do you think, do you think this, I, again, it, we're, we're, it, it's kind of like we're, we're only six weeks into the season the Rams defense isn't quite what it was, but it certainly isn't bad. Do you think that's just getting used to the new scheme or, or is it just, you know, maybe, maybe they lost a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah. They have a new defensive coordinator coming in. We talked about them losing Johnny Johnson. Troy Hill was another loss. Right. They, they, they mm -hmm. took Morgan Fox was one that they like. He, he played a big role in that defense last year too. Um, but I think just from what I've seen watching the games, a lot of it's schematics because they're not, pressing the, the receivers anymore mm. bring that back bring back that press coverage because that that soft coverage drives us nuts those slow or short passes sorry can really really drive a fan crazy when you're just like <laughs> get the football back to matthew stafford so he can continue to throw it short passes you say interesting <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> interesting <laughs> as i stroke my non-existent beard mm -hmm. <laughs> you okay over there ryan what what is that it's just pain, man. It just hurts. Wait, you just said they're vulnerable. Short passes. This is, the Lions win. That's all they do. <laughs> I wonder how sustainable that is, Jeremy. <laughs> um, before we get into our predictions, I, I want to ask your thoughts on Aubrey Pleasant because in training camp, that dude was a superstar. And honestly, like, outside of the the national thing that, that happened with Jeff Okuda and, and you know, the, the poor optics of that, like 
I think the Lions secondary, given all of their shortcomings talent-wise, you know, a bunch of rookies and undrafted guys playing right now, he's done actually a pretty darn good job. So is he a guy that left Los Angeles on, on just as high of terms? And and what what were your feelings when he left, I guess? Um, sadness, for one. Nothing against um, Raheem Morris, but uh, there was a, a lot of us in um, Rams fandom that wanted to see Aubrey Pleasant become the new defensive coordinator. I think that really would have been a natural, nice transition from Brandon Staley because, yes, Staley was only there for one year, but having learned that system could run it, I think, pretty close. It would have been a huge step down. Um, that's a big loss for the Rams. It's a big gain for, for the um, Lions, and I think he's just going to make that secondary better over the course of the year. He has already, yeah. and I think he'll just continue to do that. Big loss for the Rams for him. I, I have one last player to check in on, Jeremy, before we get on predictions. Sure. Ashawn Robinson. I know he's a def- <laughs> yeah. I, I know he's a rotational player, but I mean, we're talking about a former second round pick who a lot of us had very high aspirations for. Um, Matt Patricia, he was either loved or in the doghouse. Uh, it really depended on the week. What has Ashawn Robinson been able to do over in over in LA? He's a real streaky player, right? He'll he'll. Just show just flashes of brilliance one moment and then just where did he go the next? He's yeah. we're seeing him play fewer snaps um, mm-hmm. over the course of the past few weeks. And a lot of that is because of that reason. He doesn't bring that consistency. So um, great player when he brings it, but just doesn't do it enough. Much more of the same sounds like. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, before we get into predictions, I let I mean let's let's go broader scope here. Like the the Lions are are basically Rams East in in a lot of ways. Um, one of those ways is Brad Holmes and 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 uh, Ray Agnew. Um, I know forming an opinion on guys who are kind of in the background and and don't necessarily aren't necessarily responsible directly for some decisions are, are hard to evaluate. But was there a sense of loss when when those two were hired by the Lions too, or was it just kind of like eh? You know, the, the front office is still mostly there. We're fine. Yeah, there's there's some of that. I don't think a lot of people pay attention yeah. to the front office um, losses. So, but um, one thing that you really can't, um, I think, give them enough credit for is some of those later drafts yeah. picks, right? That have really um, played out for the Rams or panned out for the Rams and they played a big part in that. So we'll see as the more, as the seasons go on, what type of impact that has. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious what Lions fans are going to think about Brad Holmes at the end of the season, because I feel, I feel like the tide's turning a little bit and it's mostly golf related, but you know, he was notoriously one of the people pounding the table for the Rams to draft golf. And so him bringing him here with a big contract and not working out so far. A lot of people are worried that maybe his quarterback evaluations aren't where it needs to be, but you know, it, it sounds at least based on your interpretation that, that golf is probably a better quarterback than lions fans are currently giving him. Yes. For. Yes, he is. He is. It's uh, look, man. I mean, and, and no offense to, to lions fans or, or anybody listening, but they're just a bad team. Just, yeah. just, just this all around. Right. So um, yes, golf isn't playing great, but he's not playing bad football either. You got exactly what, um, you were seeing from him. So fair enough. I, I mean, he could do more. He could do like, like Dan Campbell has like Dan Campbell yeah. said, like he needs to do more. He needs to do more. I think we can all agree with that. And hopefully that doesn't hurt his feelings, which actually that was going to be another question I asked you is. So I, I heard from a couple Rams people that 
the the few times that Sean McVay went public with with some of the things about Jared Goff about his play, he actually turned around and played particularly well. Is that something that you notice as well? Is he is maybe Jared Goff kind of you know responds to little little fire beneath him? Yeah, I mean, there's there's been some some question about his grit over the course of the past week, right? Not just yeah. from uh, Dan Campbell either, but uh, yeah, he's responded well, and we saw that especially towards the end of last season right. when um, there was the, the pitchforks were out. They just wanted to; they were ready. Fans were ready to run him out of LA sooner rather than later. They're calling for John Wolford to start for crying <laughs> out loud. Right. So, um, and you know, Goff came in to win that playoff game against the Seahawks with a broken finger and, and showed an awful lot of toughness, awful lot of grit. So uh, hopefully uh, for the Lions, he does turn that around, just not this week. Yeah, fair enough. John John Wolford, by the way, he is uh, the the Rams version of David Blau. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, and- just to interpret that for Lions fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, no disrespect to Wolford, you know, but he's not he's yeah. not a starting quarterback in this league. Let's Let's just, you know. Yeah, call, it call a spade a spade. Exactly. Right. Uh, all right. Let's go to our prediction segment, which we call the one thing we think we know does not have to be a record prediction, does not have to be a winner prediction. It can be a prediction about any aspect of the game that you're pretty sure is going to happen. Or if you want to go bold, go bold. Um, Ryan, I, I'm fearing going to you first this week again because of what happened last week. But I, I'm confident that you'll be able to rebound and actually give us a prediction this week. That's weird because at the end of all of it, I said Joe Burrow will have three passing touchdowns. And how many passing touchdowns okay. did Joe Burrow have last week? I forgot that you actually One, eventually gave two, us a prediction. Three. Oh, okay. All right. So okay. one of so, us pays attention on this podcast. So, anyways. Um, all right. What's your what's your Lego analogy this week? My Lego analogy <laughs> is that you can step on a brick. Here's what I'm <laughs> here's what I'm predicting this week. The uh, the odds are for Matthew Stafford's longest completion to be over 40 and a half yards. Okay. It's going to be over <laughs> Matthew Stafford there. there I, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a play where the Rams are starting from their own 25 yard line. And maybe it's a second and 10 after one incomplete pass and it's just going to be Cooper Cup, and it's just going to be Cooper Cup just running, seventy-five running yard touchdown, and running, and it's going to be a touchdown. And um, I don't really want to predict any more pain, um, so that's my prediction: is that Matthew Stafford will have a completion longer than forty and a half yards. Fair enough. Uh, for more por- more pain, uh, let's go to Robert. <laughs> Robert, uh, what is the one thing you think you know about Lions Rams? You know, first of all, Ryan, I I just want to say I hope you're correct on that. I, I, I hope that prediction comes true. Um, I'm going a little bit bolder, though. Um, I'm not predicting the Lions to win. In fact, quite the opposite. But what I will say is that I'm going to predict that Jared Goff throws for three touchdowns. So not I, I'm yeah, yeah, exactly exactly. If only the saying, people that are listening to this podcast could see our faces right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's guaranteed to happen, but he knows that stadium, knows that crowd, knows that defense, knows what Sean McVay likes to do. So um, I think that gives him an advantage. So three touchdowns, almost stealing Ryan's prediction from last week. Can I, I can I ask a follow-up? I do it. Uh, do pick six count? You, you know, what? I, was, I wasn't thinking that, but you know what? Yes. I mean, okay. Touchdowns <laughs> to the other team. We'll take it. All right. 
my the one thing I think I know, and I think I'm going to go a little bold here, and I don't know if I actually believe it, but it's also a fun prediction. We will see both backup quarterbacks in this game. <laughs> Matthew Stafford will not have to play in the fourth quarter, and at some point it's going to be irresponsible to, to trot Jared Goff out there, even though they did it late in last week's game when they probably shouldn't have. So both backup quarterbacks, we're going to see. Is it still Wolford over there? I didn't even check. Yeah. yeah Wolford versus Blau, baby. Fourth quarter you know coming what? your way. 2022 Super Bowl right there. No, no, they're both in the NFC. Ah, you know what? That was, that's such an NFC championship game. That's what I meant. Absolutely. Lord. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this week's episode. Before we head out, Robert, uh, I want to give you kind of the podium here to promote your stuff. Anything we uh, might want to watch or read or whatever over at Turf Show Times and, and where they can find you. Yeah, um, just turfshowtimes.com for all your Los Angeles re- related, Los Angeles Rams, I can't even say it, Los <laughs> Angeles Rams related um, writing. And that's a lot harder to say than I thought in my head. <laughs> and um, if if you're unfortunate enough, you can also follow me on Twitter at Robert Finn is me. Um, I don't know if it's all that entertaining, but you know what? I try to have some fun with it anyway. Perfect. And we're going to try to have fun this week. Uh, It might not be easy for us. Probably going to be pretty easy for you, Robert. Uh, But we will be, uh, I won't be part of the post game show because I will be at the Lions game and it'll be tough for me to watch and whatever. And I'm just saying it so I can rub it in Ryan's face again, but be sure to watch him on the post game podcast right here on Twitch, Twitch TV slash pride of Detroit live. And maybe you'll get a little extra from me and the crew uh, that are at LA. But until then, thank you for joining us today. We will talk to you again soon. It's chaos. Be kind. I'm getting fired this week.